No, I just will find out how many times did I build things, even a show, and how far did it actually fly. So not many things, while the drum show, it went really far, but not as far as I wanted to have it flown. And uh, so with the, with the Environmentation show, I want this really to fly. I know by piloting it, I make mistakes, but I'm eager to learn and correct. But I know this show is the first object that I produced that really can fly. Today I'm talking to the great Freddy Rutz about his career as a dancer, a performer, and now his amazing environmental magician show. Good morning, Freddy. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Good morning. It's great to meet you too. Thank you very much for the invitation for the interview. It's a great pleasure. I mean, you are, you've been spreading your magic all around the world and you're a you're really an a entertainer, a performer, and uh, you you were a dancer, and uh, I mean, you, you've just done everything. Well, not everything, as being a pilot would be one step that I would really would do, but it's too much mathematics to study instead just to fly, and uh, so I'm not a pilot yet, but this is a, and maybe it just it stays a dream, a lot wow. of flying. As Amazing. a dancer, this is one of the movements that we can't accomplish with our physical abilities. Yeah, no, that's true. But Freddie, you are in Berlin, but you're a Swiss in Berlin. So you you originally from Switzerland. That's true. I came to Berlin in 1991 to work at the musical theater here in Berlin, the Theater des Westens, so-called. Then used to be one of the most renowned musical theaters in the German-speaking area, besides the Theater an der Wien in Vienna. Uh, Theater des Westens in Berlin was just the place to be. And I, as I'm Swiss, and only after Swiss passport and then European community didn't have the bilateral contracts as they have now, it was difficult to work in London or in Paris or in Italy. And uh, as I'm a versatile artist, may maybe in the, um, the sports world, you would call me a, a guy who would do a decathlon. I think decathlon is the right impression, right? Mm -hmm. Same decathlon. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, the thing is just uh, that's the ability of musical performer. But then and still now, not anymore, but in the 90s, it was different. But before then, in the early 90s, if you were not a specialist, you didn't count really. So, uh, of course, the disciplines that I have now all over the 40 or 45 years soon that I, when I started to study arts or dance or theater, whatever, uh, and this was the skills that I loved to learn. And uh, now, after all these years, I feel more and more accomplishing to an artist that is versatile. And uh, in German, you need to have drawers. We call it drawer thinking. I don't know whether there is a similar expression yeah. in English. And uh, so if you apply for a job, they want one drawer, the dancer, second drawer, magician, yeah. third drawer, uh, the director. No, but I'm a furniture. And, and if you do decathlon in the athletics, you do all the 10 disciplines and you try 
to accomplish them at the best possible. But the end, the sum brings mm. the points and then you're the winner or not. And of course, everyone has a weak point, right? Most of yeah. the uh, athletes, it's the 1500 meters and the sprint still, if you're the best sprinter among the, the people that do decathlon, you will never be Usain Bolt, never, right? And that's uh, what I didn't have to fight for in the musical theater, because in the musical theater, you're helped to work on the weaknesses and you're also helped to become better in the strong points. Even though then after years, I decided not to be a musical performer anymore as I was always the dancer who sings and never the singer who dances. Oh, one okay. one it yeah. becomes frustrating as you always have kind of uh, so opera stars that can't dance, they can't sing, they can't really speak because they only do so opera as actors. But they still they have kind of today you would call it social media, but they had TV appearances. And oh, of yeah. course they had the names and fans, they would always be in the front, and you had more abilities than them, just you didn't have the name, and you always have to take back back and that's why i stopped working in companies because i don't want to stop just to deliver my show for somebody else that's why i worked more or less always for me or for my productions yeah because that's something in <clears throat> in a in a company like that is something where that's restrictive because it it depends on what they want or what what you know it's not always about the talent it's sometimes about like you say the name or uh you know what what the company what the director wants that's true you know you have to i had luck in austria with uh, peter breuer who's now in st Wölten, director of the euro ballet and he was for more than 20 years 25 years the director of the salzburg ballet company and himself he was a big big star as a dancer in germany and worldwide and by accident. So I lived once with my ex-girlfriend then, or girlfriend then, uh, in Vienna. And on the way back, I said, well, I owned audition in Salzburg. And I didn't know to meet him or really know uh, knew who he was. And uh, so I inspired him as a dancer. And I think this is, if you work in a company, whatever style of theater you do, you try to find the director that you inspire. And sometimes it's not the abilities or the, the technique you have. It's maybe just the face or the kindness, whatever it is that you inspire. I call it the pen of the architect. And the, the architect always have, has a favorite pen, right? And he likes to draw a strip. He would, I also always write with, with ball pens. I never have the, something else because uh, I'm left-handed. The, the, way of the oh, okay. time I have ink, I splur everything. So I have everybody uses his favorite, favorite pen. And that's like a choreographer or a director. You have to find that director. And maybe you never find him. And the moment you never find him, you will always be in the second or the third row not being able to get along and it, it doesn't really depend on talent or uh, well it does of course but it's the little extra that you have yeah. to find i never had the chance so i was working as a i tried to become a choreographer later 
And then I had the chance to choreograph at the Friedrichstadtpalast in Berlin, which is supposed to be the, the, the biggest review stage in the world, at least those days. And uh, after doing choreography for 120 dancers, you know, you say to yourself, well, what's next? And then I, well, I got to that job because I was working with the theater the essence and because I was uh, supported by the ballet director who then became director at the Friedrichstadtpalast. But still, when I applied as a, a ballet director or as a choreographer, let's say in Neustrelitz, which is really the province in northern Berlin, they would say, well, you uh, you didn't dance for Bichard or Neumeyer at big yeah. companies, you're know, New York City Ballet or Bolshoi. Well, you just, you're, you come from show and you want to apply for choreographer over here, you need to go to a big city. And in the big city, they would say, well, you should go to the province to make your first experiences. You're not, uh, so you were trapped in the situation. As I was a versatile performer, I never danced for Bichar. I would have probably never gotten a job. That's why I never. So um, then, then I just found out but over the years, well, then magic crossed my way. And I got much more interested in continuing to perform on stage as a magician or as a performer. And I took the challenge to learn all of those things, then to maybe drop out when I'm 35. So I had a lot of back problems and they actually stopped me from going on dancing. Uh, and so I pretty early, I got interested in other art forms to be able to perform or stay on stage longer because every dancer knows that after a certain age, let's say the limit is most men, 35, your body doesn't take the physical abilities anymore. Yeah. But wonderful that you did that because that makes that shows that you are a true performer because you looked for something else. You you didn't just settle in, in a position. You just uh, reinvented yourself and find that place where you are happy and where you can create and where you can um, express yourself uh, true uh, most of all actually i over the years i produced a drum show and got more or less cheated by a producer uh, who, who then the I had to cancel the, the tour after 10 years of investing money that I made in the event business, investing time, costumes, technique, performances. And uh, I stopped because I knew I got on a certain level that it doesn't continue with other help, with money from another side. But if that side tries to cheat me, I have to stop. I just see that mm -hmm. over and again with other dance directors who, who want to start their own thing. Also there as a producer, it's always, it's actually the same as when you're a dancer. You have to find somebody that you can trust. And yeah. most of the people find themselves, well, in, in my surroundings, they find themselves that they shouldn't have trust those persons that try to sell their art, right? So it's it's always uh, I'm not really trusting any more people who tell me, oh, I bring you this, I bring you that. Over the course of all these decades, 
not one job came out of a promise. You you will meet people there. You will do this and that. So I I started even more and. After failing with many things, I found the project that I'm now working on is the environmental magician. I'm not sure whether you saw that. I'm not just preparing my sky stuff. I well, that's also the reason I, I wear a t-shirt like this. Yeah. It's about the environment, and I still after 2015. Well, I, I perform the snow uh, mm-hmm. as many magicians do in my show. And the snow stands also for the story that my nieces would never see snow for Christmas in Zurich, Switzerland. And my nieces, they are now adults and they are Swiss Chinese, Swiss Japanese, and my nephew is Swiss Croatian based, Mm -hmm. right? Or nationality crossed. And I always said, it's great that the world grows together, even in my family. And that it's maybe on us magicians to be able to uh, to show those children snow for Christmas. Because when I was a child in the 60s, we always had snow for Christmas. But Zurich, more or less, never again. And uh, that story I performed since 22, 23 years. And in 2015, I had a chance to perform for the Ministry of Environment, Environmental Protection, yeah. a difficult yeah. word, Ministerium. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, I got an offer for their summer party, whether I could be a magician. And uh, I said to the agent, well, it's nice that you asked me about our German ministry having... Well, okay, I'm a foreigner living here, but still I'm a foreigner. I think German money should go into German people. Even I say this as a as a foreigner that takes, of course, the chance and is glad to be asked. But I call it Kanunenfutter. Uh, means you're you're just standing in front of the cannon to be shot. Uh, oh. because age state agents need always at least three people to propose to a client, right? Yeah. And I can hear now over the experiences over the years, when in the question, well, would you perform there? We would like to propose you. I know in the, the way that people ask me that I will not get the job, but they still will propose me and I have to option the date, right? It's yeah. already extra work that I do with knowing that I will not get the job. And uh, so I asked that because I know the agent, well, who do you propose? And then he said, well, this guy and that guy. And I said, well, then you don't need to propose me, except for that ministry, you should maybe, why don't you propose the environmental magician? Mm -hmm. Ten minutes later, I had the phone call. I got the job. Wow. And they booked a year later. And even the the ministry for external affairs and uh, international health, they asked me also, they saw me, and they also booked, booked me for the next year. And I knew, well, I'm sitting on something I have never sold as fast. I just mentioned it. I got the job. And uh, so I developed a, a, a show of maybe 20 minutes. And then over the years, with, uh, in 2019, in spring, I went with my wife and with my stepson. I went to the biosphere in Potsdam and it's this beautiful botanical indoor garden 
And I didn't know that besides that, there they had this huge event location, which I have never seen. And I, I know many spaces here in, in Berlin. And then I just called them, well, is there some performances happening? Or what do you do in there? So I am the environmental magician, uh, besides my other thing, but then like I just pulled the drawer. Now it makes a circle. I pulled the drawer yeah. offering them the environmental yeah. magician. And then they said, well, uh, well, we don't have, we could propose you for events. And they said, well, I, I, I see that space. And if you have an event, I offer myself for free because I want to accomplish it. I want to produce a show exactly for your place and I do it for free. Hmm. And they said, well, maybe, well, we have this one day for children and adults about bees. And I said, I could never have thought about doing a, a magic novel with the theme of bees. That yeah. was totally interesting. And that was an initial to finally not change numbers in my show that they become an environmental magician number. I took new ideas and produced from nothing a total new number. So I mm -hmm. produced new effects. I had a beehive where things appear inside. I, well, I do different effects in that number and that actually started changing my work because most of the, well, I know the work from being a choreographer, but most of the magicians work, well, I see a trick, I buy the trick and then they put the story on it. Hmm. And with, let's say, 95% of the magician is always the trick first and then they implement the story. And I said, well, first the story has to be there and then I find the tricks and or I imagine tricks. And if they don't exist, I produce them, I build them myself. So and behind that door, there is my costume fund and my, my workshop with drilling machines, well, a Drehbank and, and all the machines from the top that I can, except uh, welding, that's the only thing I'm not doing. Yeah. And uh, so I build everything on my own since then. Oh, but Freddie, uh, this is amazing. I mean, but this this is now <laughs> you like uh, I I read once that if you find your flow, you know, if you find that thing where you uh, that's it's your passion, it's something that you are good at, but it's something that that works, and that's your thing. So this is your your thing that you that you discovered. Yes, but you know, uh, there is uh, a YouTube video about the trendsetter. Mm -hmm. And when I produced that uh, drum show, which started for the unification, when, when DHL took over Danzas and, and DHL Express became one big worldwide company, I produced a show for that event. And Amazing. We uh, we went all over Europe with 27 concerts in, in big, really big events with, and I engaged, I contracted just the art, all the artists, everybody around it was 35 people who went on tour. So of course it, there was money involved and that money I always reinvested in my ideas. So I don't own a house. I don't own a flat. I have my space here for creativity and so my life is not about 
owning is my life is about experiencing and this I do continuously and strict since I'm 18 and uh, so when you get on the point that you try many things and you also fail with many things you at least can say you tried which yeah. is a certain life satisfaction but over the course of the years you also would well uh, well of course, every as well, I don't deny myself, would have loved to be a big world star, but life didn't do it like this to me. But still, I can live from my art with ups and downs, but it's about being an artist. And on the other side, if you're a young artist today, with I have two friends who became big stars in Germany, they can't go out in the street like I can. Mm. And sorry, I prefer my life that I can go. Nobody recognizes me, recognizes me. I can go in the streets, I can go in the shop. When you are famous, you are hunted by social media. You're hunted by iPhones and or cell phones, right? Mm. And um, I don't know whether it would change into that life quality just to become famous or being rich. I don't think this is a price yeah. I would pay. It's tempting, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And but, so what about? Yeah. Yes. No, but what it's it's about then uh, giving, and it's about the art, and that you are focused on on that. You know that you are focused on creating, and I think that is so important, and that makes it so successful what you're doing. Well, yes, but it's all, you know, um, as it was, I also had, uh, so I also own a very small owner, partner of a very small video or film company, which I started last year. So as um, being always behind the camera too, to produce the videos of the shows that I produce, most of the event shows only happen once for 10 minutes most of the times. Uh, mm-hmm. And even the general rehearsal, even if if there even if there is a general rehearsal, uh, you will not have the artists made up or in, in, in perfect shape with the perfect setup stage and with the audience sitting there with perfect light rehearsal. This only happens in the theater. So by the events, if you don't get that moment filmed, you don't have material to promote what you've done. Oh, so yeah. I always uh, was behind the camera. And then here you see back there, it's also a photo studio or a film studio, if you want. And uh, so that is a site that develops too. But what I want to not to forget, what I want to say about the transette before, it's really difficult to sell shows or art if you uh, do something that maybe somebody else did similar. So that drum show I was talking about, uh, I was once asked, uh, maybe you know the very, very famous horse show, Apamata, here in Europe. And I was once asked to choreograph or be the director of that show. And then later I denied because I have no ideas about horses. And I think if you do a horse show, you need to at least be able to write. Uh, And uh, I don't write. So, but that guy also was interested in my show. And he said to me very clearly, Peter Massin, which uh, whose father 
was uh, the world famous choreographer Leonid Masin, who was the, the choreographer Onishinsky, right? So, mm -hmm. so he he became father again at the age of eighty. So, uh, and uh, so Peter Masin would tell to me, "Well, your drum show is a Me Too show," and I didn't understand. And by the end, he was right. There is stomp on the market. And, and you have power drums. Even that our concept was totally different with a show called Rhythm, Drum and Dance, he at the end was right. So I had my environmental magician concept where I know that I can be a magician, an entertainer and be political or give my opinion what I think we all could do to save the nature. But I was not the trendsetter. And to be honest, Greta Thunberg is the trendsetter. She is the one pushing everything. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I am the trendsetter with what I do. She yeah. was the guy, the girl, excuse me. She was the girl then, now the young woman, who had the idea to do something. Without her, I wouldn't have sit down in the COVID time and produce a one and a half hour show with total new themes about environmental protection. It's to laugh, it's to cry, it's to, to be fooled, to, uh, to be astonished. Everything what I mentioned show does, but also it's to think. And the show is about our excuses that we have every day in 100,000 different possibilities to excuse to not do things that we know actually they will be better and right. So there is a video about uh, on YouTube about who is a trendsetter. And I was explaining it wrong. You see actually just a mountain and a group of people. And supposedly there are an audience of a techno concert. And there is one guy just dancing totally crazy and everybody around him looks on that guy laughing. Nobody dances along until that one guy stood up, went next to him, and started dancing along. And that is so-called the transactor. Mm -hmm. He stood up, took the idea of that crazy person, and started dancing along. And five minutes later, all the more five or six hundred people would dance along with that person. That is just a, a video about trendsetting. Everybody will find that video if you put trendsetter on YouTube. Will find the video, mm. and actually with the environmental magician concept, I feel maybe that I'm, there is nobody else in Germany. If you Google Nachhaltigkeit or sustainability in show and magic. You find me. I don't do nothing to push it in Google. Mm. People will find me just through as I was the first one doing it. I don't know how far it will lead me, how far it will lead me, but I've done it. And it feels the first time after all these years that I do shows, that I love to do political shows. And as a choreographer where you, where I, I always love to be a contemporary dancer because Ballet is, is nice. I did a lot of ballets too, but it's it's always the same music. It's the same choreography, singerie in blue, but it's always not cracker. And uh, it's never really political. And I feel back in those days, 
phase in the 80s where I used to be a contemporary dancer doing political stories and uh, with fun and love. So, well, oh, it's a vicious circle to about creativity. You see, I go, I go yeah, like this. Yeah, no, but <laughs> it's, it's great. To, and, it, and it's also a, um, also a proof that, you know, art, you, you can uh, communicate through art and you can send these messages through art through what you are doing um and it's wonderful that you say that you you found your thing you found this this creative uh, uh project where you can send out the message of things that are really uh that you feel passionate about yes it's um how do you say uh, you know you you come always in the point over the years where you ask yourself, well, I had my artistic midlife crisis, let's call it like this. I was with that drum show at the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh in 2010, and we had five stars, critics, and that's the top you can get by the, by the press. We accomplished that, and a year later, we had I stopped the show because I was cheated in, in the Netherlands. And uh, then in 2011, it said, well, I love the atmosphere at the French Festival in Edinburgh. So I go there with my Swiss guy show. And then I called it Swiss Finnish. And uh, I went there and it became an experience of... Then let's say that the story was like, I'm Swiss, I live in Germany. Germans love about us Swiss people because they say we're slow. And it was a kind of mediocre performance. It was performing not in the in a big theater, in a conference center, or the big 1,000-seat stage. I had a 40-seater, 40, 40 right, at the fringe. Very small theater. And still, after the fourth, fifth show of, uh, of 20, uh, one of the directors of that small theater came to me, and we British, we don't think this is funny. I mean, you really? Swiss guys here, you all are rich. Yeah, you all know how to deal with money. You has, you invented Swiss watches. What is the problem with the Germans that they think you're slow just because of your accent? And, Let's admit it, it's because of our accent, because we simultaneously translate Swiss German to German. And it's into more or less two different languages. And that makes our German slow. And uh, so I said, okay, let's change it. And I knew it's a risk, but I say, hey, I'm Freddie, I'm from Switzerland. I live in Germany, let's laugh about the Germans. Boom, big success. Really? Right? Yes, but I knew this is not the way I want to treat. That was just to save my numbers in a way. And yeah. I maybe had to do it to, to understand how comedy works, but I didn't want to uh, be offending to the, uh, to the country where I'm a guest, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So coming back to Germany, I knew. I have to somehow go back on the Swiss guy we're slow because they wouldn't laugh on the same thing like the, the the Germans would, like the British people would. So that was really 
the point where I said that was the lowest I could get. And mm -hmm. I started to get, so I talked to many magician friends who were established as a magician. And they all said, well, you need an author, Freddie. You need to go someone who writes your lines or you have to learn it yourself. And then over a process of five, six years, I took author courses, how to write, how to write comedy and to, to have an understanding what makes people laugh. And my show, uh, I do many things that I've learned, let's say, from directing, even though that I have consultants, but developing tricks and stuff. But definitely every line I say on stage is at least supervised by an author. And I have a very close friends, two close friends. Uh, for one, I make the posters. Uh, I help her with the publicity and she supervises my text. So we have, we are very good I friends. Yeah. And so we, she writes for me. I build, for, I, I take pictures of her, right? She has posters yeah. that she does. She can send money and I have texts or lines mm -hmm. that are safe. And I know I'm not offending and with the environmental program. It's, it's difficult to not to do over you the bad guys, right? Because oh, yeah. I'm a bad guy myself. I have gray hair. For this tour in 2002, I was stepping 72 times in an airplane just to go abroad in in, uh, in European countries to make money to show. Mm. So my ecological footprint is a mess. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that I do the show. Well, this is uh, great that you collaborate also with people because I think this also brings um, an, a different dynamic to your shows. Yes, because I have my humor, and if I'm a private person, I really go sarcastic, boom, on the point, on the nose of somebody else. And I can't do this on stage. Oh, you yeah. have to do it more and more defined. Mm -hmm. My, I had to at the end at the fringe, even everything that is funny in my show. Uh, happened accidentally and I remembered it or it was on video because I always have a camera running and uh, so when I tried to do a new show I wanted fun parts and I wrote new parts but they were not funny because maybe on stage well definitely on stage I am not a funny person I tried to be funny and I had to learn it but Something that I don't push, but everybody always tells me, you're best, Freddie, when you are poetic. Okay. And uh, which is really funny. And I, for all the part, and so I never stop the show without poetic moments. Mm. That's very important to me. And to also, because I, I, I switch into themes, I, I sing, I dance, I, I perform, I, I do different styles. And people have to, now with the environmental show, it's different because they, I only, well, I have the name in German protected. And I don't want that the people go and look on Google for Freddy Rhodes because they will see me performing for Volkswagen in China, right? Yeah. And the guy who performed Volkswagen in China, he's now the environmental magician. Well, yes, I am. And I'm sorry for that. When I went there, we didn't really talk seriously yeah. about what we do today mm -hmm. and uh well yes if they would ask me to go there and perform a, a 
on the possibilities I have to perform, uh, uh, let's say, the same event, but not for a gasoline car, but for an electric car, I would really very much be tempted to do it. And let's be honest, but there's things I can do uh, to balance that. So that, yeah. let's but just say I lost eight kilos. That's probably the best thing I could do for the environment, for the environment to lose weight, eat mm. less, right? and eat but, better. But it's also true that uh, all these things that happened, uh, you know, made you aware of what you are aware today. So, and we we cannot judge because we've all been there and we've all had to do certain things that we were at the time not always aware of what we're doing. So I think it's it's uh, it wouldn't be right to judge you on that, uh, but it would rather be a, a good thing to um, you know to appreciate what you're doing now at the moment. Yeah, that's true. But also at the same moment, people know that actually it's good what I do but at the moment with all the people who stick themselves on the street or with the discussion we have in Germany about the heatings you know they say oh no we don't need a guy on stage who talks about the same shit sorry I take it like that that's how mm -hmm. I, it gets to me right mm -hmm. and uh, we all know that we all waited so long over the last decade so since I drive and I had my driving license at the age of 19. We knew about the sour rain in Europe. We knew about the, the ozone. We knew about uh, the spreading of the, the, the territories that are gained for oil or just for living on houses. And we all knew we do things to the planet that is not good. Yeah. And uh, now we have big discussion. Everybody hates. Uh, the government in Germany a lot of people hate the government in Germany uh, well before that I agree with that one politician, politician who said you know Germany signed the Paris agreements but most of the countries who signed that didn't mean you stopped reducing CO2 you just signed that you agreed that we use too much and we have to reduce, but nothing really happened. Mm. And we're still in a country and it has no speed limit. Well, there is, of course, many parts, but still it is by the lobby of the car industry supported that we do not have a speed limit. Why? Mm. That would be the first thing and easiest. We still could all car just not drive big engines anymore and not drive fast anymore and we would have a lot reduction out there yeah if everybody would turn off a cell phone and the remote button on the tv we could save the energy that is produced by one atomic plant a day mm. right so we don't do it because it's comfy to have the cell phone always on it's comfy yeah. to sit in front of the TV. We don't want to wait those 20 seconds that the TV goes on. And I had to, to find out, well, I did my show, and then I got on a point that I got critics on Google saying, well, we didn't really learn new stuff from that guy. And yeah, but it's not about, I'm not a scientist, so yeah. I have to define my place. So I, as an artist, I can go to the emotions of the people. Do it now. 
no more excuses. And there is yeah. one trick that I do with everybody that's called no more X, no more excuses. Start now, look in the mirror, what can you do? Mm. I lost weight, I drive, but I don't speed anymore. Speeding is great. And those who say, oh, we need no speed limit, just be honest. You love the big engine under your butt and you love to speed. Just say, we can deal with it, but don't find excuses for, mm. well, we, we need it to save, we need the safety and we need to go fast. No, it's just your goddamn amusement that you don't want to yeah. give up. So it's the little yeah. things, it's the little things that count that, that the changes that you make. But now, Freddie, tell me first, um, 10 year old Freddie, what was he like? <laughs> And he couldn't really speak like this because he wouldn't really understand. He was a really bad student in school and he was always all over and but not in school. Really? (laughs) Uh, I was, uh, how deep do we want to go into that? So, funny enough, I, uh, how private can I become? Let's say also midlife crisis in life, midlife crisis uh, in in private life, in my relation, my relationships. When you have somebody as a partner who is just all over, uh, whose focus is all over. And uh, maybe you would treat me today with Ritalin, right? And maybe you would difficult so i i am meeting a psychologist and i the reason is actually well different things but the main reason is if i have the chance to only become 71 years old like my mother or my father 78 but even worse my brother who died at the age of 50 he was a medical scientist in brain tumor research and he died of that brain tumor you uh, you come to the points where you think well i'm healthy i do what i can let's go on but in the end if i have as long as my mother at the moment now i just got 58 last week i have 13 more years does it really count to become a millionaire in these 13 years? And the one main reason is to stay healthy because COVID took me all my savings. COVID took me many stuff and still I'm healthy. I, I, I don't complain, but I own nothing except my life and uh, maybe the studio and everything. What is it? So I love to be here. Uh, so 10-year-old Freddie is now being analyzed by a guided psychologist and by myself. And it's really interesting when you when you find out that psychology is really taken of us or is not brought to us by the education. So I always took my decisions and the decision to step out of school, to not make matura, like we call it in Germany uh, or in Switzerland, not to study, 
and to become an artist. What I always wanted was the best decision in my life. And never, ever, so far, somebody asked me, where did you study or how much did you study? They always said, show me what you can. Yeah. And our education is based on now medal, medal, bachelor, you know, you do MBA, master, you, I, so many titles, I've lost it. I knew what a doctor is and what somebody is who finished his studies without becoming a doctor. Now you have so many titles, they're all in English and nobody, sorry, who is not studying doesn't understand a thing about it. And it always sounds important. You are somebody in this society. And definitely if you're an individual thinking of yourself, you don't count in this society. And uh, if you will be educated that when we are in school and we are 20 students, each of them has parents, and each of them has maybe brothers and sisters. So let's say that we're, if everybody would have a brother and sister, if they would be free, and so there's actually 60 individuals and then the parents involved and one teacher with all his history. And then you have a school system that said everything has to be there. I absolutely dropped the school system with my interests. I was not. I had an engineering talent. I own two patents that goes too far into camera technique. I invented the camera uh, uh, crane, a mobile camera crane, and that was the first one find a hole in an axe to steer another axe. Goes too deep into technology. So that Freddy was not uh, pushed by the school system or his wish to become an artist because art was, you become a banker in Switzerland or an engineer, but they didn't think that I'm a problem solver. They, because you don't see it in school because the school system doesn't develop problem solvers. Yeah. And uh, the Danish school system, I just learned that in Denmark, each student gets supervisor, a psychological supervisor one month, once a month. So each student is supervised. Do you feel good in school? Are your talents pushed? Are you supported? What are your weaknesses? And are you abused home? Are you beaten? Or did something happen that threatens your life? And that's the only government I know of that there is more government like this. But in here in Germany, psychology is a knowledge that is taken about you because you start when you see the, the parts, when you get into the deeper into psychology, you see how much we are controlled. And no system wants to know that people recognize how they are controlled. Now it becomes really political. So I can advise I to everybody to go to see a psychologist. Uh, I did it very late, but I learned many things about you about that 10-year-old Freddy who, who wasn't, who had three brothers who all became academics and himself, he wanted to become an artist. But, but yeah, no, but, it, yes. Yeah, but isn't it, uh, this is also uh, then 
uh, this is something that I'm so passionate about is that we give uh, children the opportunity in schools to do art so that art is not seen as a lesser subject, but as it that it's seen as uh, as important as the science and maths, for example. So uh, that you have that in the curriculum alongside these subjects. But so many times I hear parents telling me where they have their children have to excel in maths and science to be able to go to a better school or to be able to go to university but then in that sense as art is pushed aside it's just one subject a week but wouldn't it be wonderful if there are so many uh children who are so uh wanting to do art and express themselves through art and can excel in art and but because it's seen as a lesser subject uh, they don't get the credit for it and i think that comes with this the, then with that child's self-esteem you know that the moment they think they are more inclined to do art they think they are a lesser person than the one who excels in maths that's absolutely true. I mean, I know that in Switzerland, uh, the system changed a lot since then. So now if you want to become a dancer, you still can make the matura, so the, the, the go preparation mm -hmm. to, uh, to study at university. And uh, in Germany, it's called Abitur. And um, those days, definitely, so I was in uh, economic-based and law-based uh, gymnasium, uh, we call it, in, in, uh, in Germany in switzerland and after the third year so i could always keep the level and the, the average to go on for the next year by arts and by sports but after the fourth year they just decided that it doesn't count anymore and i knew i'm not having the the, the average anymore and also then by my family, oh, the youngest brother, he has to repeat one year, oh, what bad for the family or, uh, you know, and I said, well, it's, school is deadly boring to me. Mm -hmm. So I had my interest and I, had, I took my education in my hands. And since I'm 55, I can really say my education is done. So in every job I learn, whether a dancer, whether a producer, whether a magician, whether a director, or whether a choreographer, it takes three basic years of courses, education, two years of additional education, and three years of experience. It takes eight years for every job. That's why it took me four years to learn these five jobs. And since I'm 55, I say my education is done. And now people have to pay money for it because they always got me by an experience I could make. Well, if you do this, you know, we don't have much money, but you maybe can do it. And of course, I wanted to do the experience, the, yeah. the experience to have that, but they would always get me with that to make an experience. And yeah. now I negotiate differently also through realizing how I was always in this trap oh, since I'm 10. So really that i realized in in uh and through the impetus i got through my psychologist that you suddenly realize things like excuse me i quick have to stand up because i'm sitting on a fly cases and <laughs> the edges of that fly case 
make my legs numb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I go here, I'm kind of start moving here. You see that the fly case, and uh, yeah, much more comfortable. It's like I don't feel my legs anymore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, now get me back to what I said. Uh, yeah, it's. That you realize that you today at the breakfast talking to my wife and saying, you know, I always also like producing. So I I did build airplanes, remote control airplanes, and that technique to to build with knives and very small things is also helps me a lot now. The experience to work on machines or props or tricks, and funny enough. When I had built these airplanes, I was so nervous to fly them. The first airplane I built was totally out of wood. It was remote control. I had all these great tanks. So my father who paid that and said, well, do it because he was an engineer. Well, build this airplane, but I didn't dare to fly it. I flew it, I flew it two minutes. And since then, I put it to the side. I build a bigger one with a V tail, right? And those huge, like two and a half meters wing spread. And <laughs> the moment I did fly it with remote control, I was just not taking care about the wind. I had side wind, and the airplane was. Oh. And it was on the concrete side, and I will fly directly into a cow. And the first thing the cow does. That was my airplane. And yeah. since then, I like building, but not flying. Okay. And so I like to fly myself, but to when you have accomplished something, to risk that it might be destroyed. Mm. And this occupied me since this morning. So even in this interview, apparently, uh, it, it shows. And I know that we're going to think about this for the next week's no, I just will find out how many times did I build things, even a show, and how far did it actually fly. Mm -hmm. So not many things, while well, the drum show, it went really far, but not as far as I wanted to have it flown. And uh, so with the, with the environmentation show, I want this really to fly. I know by piloting it, I make mistakes, but I'm eager to learn and correct. But I know this show is the first object that I produced that really can fly. This is so beautiful that you have this analogy. And, and you know, as you were talking as well, all these things that you did, I think all prepared you for this. You know, it prepared you for now for for flying this project that you are busy with. Maybe you know, in in my show, well, in my the Swiss guy show, yeah. uh, I one of my last tricks is the, the the gypsy thread, like the trick is called in in English, the Hindu thread in German. You have a spool of thread. You take a piece of thread. You rip it apart. You have one part and you have the other parts. You make a little ball. You press it on the, the, the spare part. You blow on it and re you restore it. Right? Yeah. 
And I tell a story about Clochard that I met in Paris. That's a, a story that I invented. So only the French call the Clochards the, the aristocrats of the street, because the French know that each of us can, even Elon Musk or the richest people in the world, if things don't go the way they should, health, money, whatever in life, you could end up in the street. Or maybe it's also a choice. Maybe those people are more free than we are. Yeah. But it's Germany, we call them and no, tramp. We call them bad, right? And then I make a, a bridge onto the shortest moment, the shortest word we have for the, or the word we have for the shortest time amount possible. It's not a mu, like we call it in the, 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 the name for the smallest. It's a moment over. And by the end, when we see the light and we leave this planet as living persons, we all think it's too fast. And we have to find to celebrate moments much more. And uh, we only can celebrate this moment, not if, oh, I worked 40 years and then I become happy. Yeah. Doesn't work. You have to be happy now. Exactly. Because I can go out with my bike or with my car, have an accident. I had an accident 10 days ago. Somebody crashed in my car. Lucky nothing happened. I got a lot of money for my car that was ripped. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, his mistake. And, and But you can go out, things happen. We all yeah. know by the course of the years. Um, in German, there is a saying, the Einschläge kommen näher. The bombs hit closer, right? You don't call it the bombs. It's just where the place where it hits it, and then you have the, the, the hole in the floor. Those bombs come closer. And one day it will hit me. And we all hope that it's later than soon. Mm. But this later is is more than just how we, we see what's happening there. If you don't live the moment, this later will not be worth it. Yeah, no, that's true. But Freddie, you've you've accomplished so much already and and i know this project that you this environmental project of yours is something very dear to your heart is this the wish for you what and and you also mentioned that you wanted to fly so what are the wishes that you still uh, uh want to to have Well, flying is definitely a wish, but I know I will not fly because if it would be a, a glider, I would be too scared. And the pilot, I will just, my eyes would not do it. So that, oh, okay. that's a dream. And sometimes when I'm behind the camera, I try to fly the camera. Okay. Uh, sometimes I film dancers and I learn their choreographers and dancers trust me. To have a cameraman on stage because you know this guy that just learns the choreography and he doesn't hit the camera into my face yeah. so i always have that trust so that comes being behind the moving camera comes close to the thing of flying it's just i love to be in an airplane i'm honest and yeah. uh, funny enough i had this question already before what are my wishes 
if you start completing all your wishes you have or dreams you have when you 18, now that's 40 years ago, I always had my new ideas and new wishes and I'd always try to accomplish them and succeeding with them or failing with them at the moment. To be honest, I just wish that it stays how it is, mm-hmm. right? But that, that's a constant change because the only constant in life is change. So yeah. if there is a wish, I, I wish that I always take the right decisions to change that there is a continuation in my life. Well, that's a beautiful wish, actually, because that means that you will be that that will be always progress for you. It's really inspiring to hear what you've done and how you took charge of your life. And um, I, you know, I know what many artists tell me, and I also know the, uh, you know, all the the hindernesses and all the the obstacles that artists have to overcome. And I do think that you have to be very proud of yourself for what you've achieved and what you're still achieving. And, um, and I really wish for you much, much more success and, and well, continued success for your project that you're doing at the moment. Thank you very much. But uh... I have a problem with the word success. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, success is a love definition because it brings me to the saying, one who believes to be someone stops becoming someone. Oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, for me, if there is success, it's just a point, a state of the moment. It's nice okay, to have success. Yeah, but let, but let me rephrase it. May you have continued joy with uh, doing what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is, uh, we, we find uh, the, the right expression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is joy, joy also. Joy and satisfaction. Thank you very much. Yeah. Pretty, this was amazing. So I think that was the end of the interview, was it? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you so much.